listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Welcome, everyone. How are you guys tonight? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm just peachy. Miss Emily, peachy. how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Awesome sauce. To get all this new stuff adjusted, so I'm actually in I the know. box. Can't be, you know, outside the box. That'd just be weird. Mr. Maha, you look bored in your box. No, no, just, just, just tired. It's been, it's been a long week already. It's only Monday. It's only Monday. <laughs> so last week led into this week. Oh, did it? Did it? Uh, you know, I worked extra, which like I don't do because you know my wife makes all the money, and um, so I worked Sunday like normal. Then I, I picked up a shift Wednesday and Friday, and then I worked another Sunday, and I think I threw a Saturday in there the previous week. And Are you feeling okay? I know, right? Like, Jeez. exactly. And um, I'll tell you, I got my ass handed to me on Wednesday. I got my ass <laughs> handed to me on Friday. I'm like, this is why I don't work any more than normal. <laughs> this whole, like, extra shift thing is not healthy. I don't know why people do it. It's just not healthy. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so today I'm, I'm going to ease your guys' pain. And I'm going to say today is probably, I have one of the easiest calls that we have ever done. That means we're going to overthink it like crazy. Probably. This oh, call, yeah. this call is <laughs> so easy that I actually was, was kind of skeptical on even putting it on here. Cause it's just not what we typically talk about. They How- died. You're welcome. Have a good night. <laughs> However, I was thinking to myself going, all right, you know, there's some really good, you know, like BLS badass them in this call. There's a lot of like good assessment in this call. There's a lot of like everything just goes well in this call. So I think you guys will, I'll, we'll handle it just fine. I think you'll get it as soon as I say the first thing. You know, um, you know, you know, a paramedic, right? We don't do BLS. Well, you know, there's that is something to think about, right? You might have heard a truer statement. You might overthink it then. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we have badass EMTs, so that we don't have to do those basic things. We that's, just go do your thing, and I'll do my thing, and you know. That's for damn sure. Meet in the middle. Yes, me, me in the middle. That's why it's a great partnership. You know, such a great partnership. So that's why it works when it's a great partnership. That's true. Because if your partner sucks, well, then you're just you're shit out of luck fucked. on that. Yeah, you're yeah. just fucked. Um, so let me do again Kelsey's job uh, with the rig check. And uh, damn it, we, Kelsey. I know we'll get started here. So <laughs> uh, as as I did last episode, guys, I want to urge you guys to. Continue to share, rate, and follow the podcast. The The grassroots growth of the show is how, you know, like, I don't advertise this show. 
right? There's no Facebook ads that you're going to see going, hey, follow Medic Materials and watch us on the podcast. Nope, it's all you guys. So being able to sharing, like you guys share it on social media, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, you know, listen to it while you're working. That's all awesome. And that's what we really want to hope that you guys continue to do for us to grow the show. Um, if you feel like not doing that, I'm going to give you the same thing. Become a $5 Patreon. You get a lot of cool stuff. You get a CME credit every other month, as well as a third uh, Patreon exclusive podcast, which the next one is going to involve a bear. So that should oh, be God. that should be really fun. Yep. The next one that I'm writing right now, when we record it, will involve a bear. So, we'll, yes, lots of fun to that. Um, and, uh, if you're allergic to all of that, you can always just tip the show and tip the stream. The link is down in the description below. Um, buy some the, merch. yeah, you like could that. always buy merch too. You know, I wasn't going to throw that in this time. I want you guys to yeah, understand that if you're a listener in New York state, you can get CME credit for listening to this show. So go over to www.medicmaterialscmeacademy.com thinkific.com again you don't have to remember that the link is in the description of the show um go over there and every single well not every single but the first season of the show the second season and part of the fourth season are all up right now you can go you can listen to the shows and you can get bls cme credit so like that's kind of a no-brainer listen to us in the car while working out in the gym, while at work, and earn CME credit for having fun listening to us. Uh, the last thing I want to do is shout out our listeners in the great state of California and Australia today. And I timed that perfectly. Boom. You did. That was Well done. Epic. That was epic. I've never wow. done that. <laughs> wow. That was really cool. That was, that was awesome. I'm going to give myself a yeah. For yeah. Um, so, all right, let's jump right into this call because again, we have, we're going to have a lot to talk about after the call. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about in, in terms of anatomy, physiology, um, maybe some pharmacology. I think there's a lot to talk about. So the call takes place in a small city of about 6,000 people. The city's covered by a private paid town ambulance that runs four ambulances per day, typically in the standard EMT basic and paramedic configuration. However, today, during this call, all the ALS units are busy. So the company only has a BLS rig with two paid EMT basics. That's who's going to be responding to today's call. Um, there is hospitals in the area. There's going to be one small City Hospital, um, it has just generalized capabilities, nothing crazy, all right? That is going to be four minutes away from the scene. You're also going to have a cardiac center about 45 minutes away from the scene. You guys are dispatched to a local apartment complex for a 32-year-old female with complaints of shortness of breath. Again, all of the ALS ambulances for that company are currently on calls within the district. So the BLS ambulance calls en route and 
no other mutual aid ambulances are sent because the BLS ambulance goes. Okay. So no one asks for any paramedics. Nobody sends any paramedics. No, nothing. You guys can just ask for that later. Um, so while this crew is en route, the County 911 uh, dispatchers updates this responding BLS crew, and they say that they've lost verbal contact with the caller. The line is still open, but it sounds to the dispatchers like the shortness of breath is worsened. Now they're calling it severe shortness of breath from what the sounds they hear over the, over the call. Um, they are, the county dispatchers say they are un, completely unaware if the caller is still conscious or if they're now unconscious at this time. So if you guys kind of get this dispatch and your BLS, right, and then you get this update and you got a four-minute ride to the hospital, at least the generalized, you know, community hospital, where, where's your thought process already going before you even get there? My closest advanced airway is four minutes away. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I have to manage a BLS airway until I can get to the advanced airway, which is going to be the hospital in this case. Like I don't. But if you think about it, like your initial steps for severe shortness of breath, whether they're 30 or 60, the first five steps are the same ALS or BLS. So I can get that in four minutes. And I can get to a hospital where they can get everything else that I can't do. But in my mind, my closest advanced airway is four minutes away. Right. Mr. Ma, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, obviously, you start hearing a more severe patient. I would start trying to pull out to see where my closest mutual aid. Yeah. Uh, if I have somebody within four minutes or closer, maybe try to get them to me. But otherwise, I, I'm going to know that it's going to be a shit and get kind of thing, you know, stop and see if it's, if it's serious, then we're going to that four minute hospital, you know? Right. And maybe you're lucky and there's an ALS crew at that hospital that's ready to turn over. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I guess seeing where those ambulances are, because who knows mutual, like we don't know this district mutual aid literally might be 10 minutes away. Right. Right. Or they could be 30 minutes away. We don't know. Uh, where that ALS is coming from, it could be the hospital, right? So I kind of get in the in the thought process, and we've talked about it before, where like severe patients for a BLS provider, that is a load and go situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a severe patient for an ALS provider is more of a, all right, let's, let's hold off on running, let's stabilize, and then Street. run. Right. Like, so the roles are backwards depending on what provider you are with that serious patient. And so like you said all the, all the other ambulances are on calls, but if one of those calls is not an ALS level call, maybe that. But, I mean, you have to, you know, you show up on scene, you assess, you extricate out. It's a four minute ride to the hospital, maybe 10, 12 minutes, 15 at the most. Yeah. Depends on. So yeah. you have to be closer than 15 minutes for me. Cause I, my fear is that a lot of the BLS providers can be like, Oh, well, that medic's 10 minutes away. I'm going to call them after I assess. And now I'm waiting an extra 10 minutes when right. really I could be to the hospital in five. Right. It makes no sense to wait in this, in right. this situation, unless they like get there and this person's coding. 
right? Then you could sit there and be like, oh, okay, I, well, I have to work this for a little while before I go. So, yeah, you got time, you know? But, yeah, I, I mean, there's even if there's calls going on that, you know, other or other ambulances are doing, you, they could RMA them. They could no patient them, right? They Who knows what they – they could get canceled before they even get there, right? We don't know. Maybe it was, you know, an alpha priority four for a medical alert. And it just so happened that a paramedic went, you know. Um, So going forward, the the BLS ambulance arrives on the scene. Uh, The two EMTs gather their first in bag and their stretcher and they enter the apartment complex. Uh, They make their way to the apartment, knock on the door. The door is answered by a young child. The child shows the providers into the apartment and to their mother, who is sitting in the living living room, leaning over in the tripod position, appearing in significant respiratory distress with audible wheezing and strider that you can hear from the door. Any thoughts on that? We've got some airway issues we need to uh, start treating with you know they have a butyrol so maybe a butyrol oh i think aggressive airway management in this is probably prudent for these emts right um the uh i don't know what their protocols are where that where they are so you know you know what they can what they can do i mean a butyrol maybe some cpap but you know what they can do so right uh, these guys are CPAP trained. They are albuterol trained, so they could do both of those, right? Right off the rip if need be. Um, so the, uh, the primary EMT steps in, introduces the crew to the female patient, and uh, they immediately begin their primary, primary exam. Uh, they find that her airway is clear of fluid, clear of debris, but it looks slightly swollen behind the tongue. There's audible strider present. Um, breathing is extremely labored. They note visible intercostal retractions and accessory muscle use on each breath. Uh, lung sounds show wheezing in all fields bilaterally. Peripheral pulses are weakened and fast, but present. Skin is super, super, super pale, clammy, and covered with large, pink, rough blotches across the entire body. They also note that there's smaller, smoother red blotches to the arms, neck, and torso. So I'm going to pause here, get your guys' thoughts, and then I'm going to ask where do you want these guys to go forward? I like the awkward silence. We're waiting for Gerard to answer. We're waiting. I was just going to say that we're waiting on Gerard. <laughs> so now it's up to the Maha to answer because we know Emily's not going to go first. <laughs> from from the advanced air, from the advanced point of view, I mean CPAP's a good idea. I'm going to be careful of butyrol because I don't want this one to flash on me, just knowing what I think is going to happen. You know what I mean? Yep. So, but being that they have a butyrol, this is their their only line of of <clears throat> really treatment right at this point in time. That's probably what they should probably do. But And, and we don't know any type of like 
history. history. We don't know if this this lady's on any meds, has any allergies. Like, we don't know anything about anything other than it looks really bad right now. Like, really, really bad. But how she's presenting right now, this sounds like a CHF exacerbation going to be happening on us pretty soon. Okay. You know what I mean? So the albuterol treatment, you could be working on a flash. Really? Yeah, I mean, diaphoretic. Blotchy skin, like she's she's. Started- I'm getting allergic reaction vibes here. So so I like okay because right now in the the chat is throwing out anaphylaxis asthma. The Maha is throwing out CHF. Emily, you're going with anaphylaxis as well, or you know allergic reaction. Where where's the where's the thought process there? I'm just thinking like the hives, the wheezing. You know, I think as a BLS provider, I would think twice about the albuterol because if she's having allergic reaction, I don't want to stress that hard anymore. But I think I'm also still going to give it because I think that will help her breathing. We're going to fix one problem at a time. Um, but like, I want a little more history to see if she has any known allergies. Is there any exposure? You know, with the hives, the wheezing, we haven't gotten vitals yet, but I I like. I like both thought processes here. So you can't just like immediately go, okay, this is this. One, right. You know, right. I, I like keeping like all of them, even asthma, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I even, mean, even that, right. This could be, who knows? This could be a PE for all we know at this point, you know, that, like we exactly. don't know. Right. But that strider makes me kind of lean in the direction of, and the, and the airway swelling. Why is that happening? Right. right? That's, that's the kind of thing that's like, this doesn't fit in the, in the whole, you know, picture. Um, so you also, I don't know who it is, but there's, uh, someone watching on Facebook that says I'm with you, M. So you at least got one person in your corner for anaphylaxis. Me and you (laughs) will be a crew. We got it. So the, uh, the secondary EMT begins a full set of vital signs. Uh, while the primary EMT takes the pulse ox probe, places it on the finger while getting out the oxygen tank because they want to get oxygen on this patient. Um, so vital signs return, uh, blood pressure via the manual cuff as 8-6 over 5-0. Heart rate is weak and fast on palpation. Rate returns is 138 via the pulse ox probe. Uh, respiratory rate is again, very labored, very shallow in the mid to upper thirties. SBO two on room air returns is 82% and is falling in front of providers. Do the cops give her Narcan yet? <laughs> 16 milligrams. Funny. You should ask. <laughs> <laughs> this is a city. So, you know, they probably like are, are there itching to do it um gcs at this for uh gcs at this point is a 14 she's alert but confused and becoming tired Mm -hmm. yeah 30 a minute so and her heart's doing a marathon right now and her heart literally right and she's beaten at 138 with a with a falling pulse ox of 82 so it's probably in the 70s I mean kudos to point. them I don't even think I would have put her on the pulse ox before I put her on before I put her on oxygen I don't need a pulse ox to tell me that she's short of breath You are right 
But how... I don't care what the room air sat is. I but, don't care. <laughs> but how many times? Truly. How many times have we walked into I know, the stupid I hospital know. and they're like, "What was their set on <laughs> room air?" And I'm like, sugar? "Who cares?" <laughs> If I waited to figure it out, they'd be dead. I am that person, but it's because you turn them around so much by the time they get to the hospital. I'm like, there's no way they were this sick five minutes ago. I mean, true that, true that, but you know, at least they were doing it simultaneously to other things. Like they didn't sit there and go, okay, I'm going to wait. And see what their set is to see if I need to put them on oxygen. They were like, let me, let me put this on and let me get the oxygen no. going. Bullshit. You know they unraveled that cord and turned it on before they even grabbed the oxygen tank. You know it. Probably. Bullshit. <laughs> Untangled all the lines for... Literally. <laughs> yep. Probably. I, I'll give you that. So this uh, this primary EMT placed her on 15 liters um, via non-rebreather mask, then attempts to get the story of what the heck happened to cause all this difficulty breathing and to make it this bad. Um, she's speaking in two to three word sentences and huffing, literal huffing to get words out. And remember, like, we still have to remember there's audible wheezing and Strider still present during this conversation, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I'm asking yes or no questions. Do not talk. I'm getting meds right now. Right? Just, just nod at me, please. Yeah, don't waste your breath. So I'm, I'm 100% with you, right? Um, and you, they kind of walk down all these flights of steps and get on my stretcher. That's what yeah, I'm waiting for. Down? Right. Can you walk to the ambulance? Just, you know, I don't feel like, uh, picking you up and moving you. Um, so this, this patient, uh, tells the crew in these two to three word, super huffy, you know, sentences that she took a shower, felt scratchy after then abruptly felt short of breath. Symptoms came on about 15 minutes post-shower. The providers then ask her, like, medical history at this point, and at this point, she just stops talking and just goes to nodding. Like, she herself is like, fudge this, I'm not talking anymore. Like, I'm just going to nod at these people who keep asking me to talk. And she nods no to any respiratory history. No to any cardiac history. No to any diabetic history. Nods no to taking any meds. And nods no to any allergies. Oh, she has one now. That's all they ask. Figure it out, man. You are allergic to something you took in the shower. So, so, all right. Got a new body soap? So, I, so you... You are really in sync with the chat. I literally just... I'm, I'm on this allergic reaction thing. So you... Whoever's my partner, we're, we're in this together. <laughs> so, again, some uh, WW2Girl says something in the soap, or did she eat something See? that she was allergic to before, before she went the in. shower? Ah. Right? Ah. Power so, snack. Power she snack. By, she got shot by the magic bullet. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to. That was such a good episode. Um... So yeah, what like M, you are you are firmly grasped on I on I think I'm like here. sold allergic reaction right now. Okay. I also think 
she's 32, no medical history, no cardiac history. I think I take my chances with the epi. I know her heart rate's 130. You know, you can do the albuterol for the wheezing and all that, but I think that the epi is going to fix all of that for us. Okay. Mr. Maha, so where, like, where are your thoughts here? So have we, have we have we ruled out chest sudden onset of chest pains any of that fun kind of stuff yet? Uh, sh- they haven't specifically asked about chest pain, like any. All she pain. has is no cardiac history. Right, she nods no yeah, to a cardiac history and thirties. Is she a smoker? Is she on you know birth control, PE stuff like that? You know what I mean? I mean, it still could be a PE, but but with the hives and again, the strider yeah, PE and the wheezing, I don't think so. I mean, I could understand like a PE might give you some residual wheezing, like if not there's like this, ir- not in all fields. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's something we still have to factor in a little bit. But yeah, I understand the wheezing and all the fields and. Right. I like. I'm leaning more towards the the allergic reaction just because she's hypotensive, tachycardic, high strider. Right. right. Like sudden onset. Right. You know, yeah. and, and we got to remember like, so there's, there's multiple different types of blotchiness on the body. Right. So there's like what they described was really large. Like I'm talking large patches of like rough blotches and they're scattered from head to toe. Right. And then there's, little itty bitty blotches that are so, and those are smooth. Those are solely on arms, neck, torso, nowhere else. When you first said it, I thought you were talking about petechia. That's why I went, you know, okay. The first way I went, but now that you're set. Yeah. Okay. So like there's, there's a couple different types of stuff on, on the skin and we'll get to that later on. Um, what exactly all that stuff on the skin was, so, M, your your partner on Facebook is in total agreement with what you're saying. So, you guys, them and I, we're giving Epi. This patient's going to turn around. We'll see you in four minutes. Right. Still extricate. Get out fast. Boom. Yep. We're at the Bye. hospital. Eight hour observation at the hospital. Goodbye. There you go. So, so the primary EMT looks at their partner, tells them, "Hey, listen, I think you need to grab an EpiPen." Um. <laughs> And they, they literally say, listen, grab the EpiPen. I think that she's suffering from an unknown type of allergic reaction. Um, their partner hands them the EpiPen, but asks them like, hey, are you sure? Like, I yep, want, pretty I, positive. I kind of want a discussion here. So the primary EMT does a really good job in this discussion. And they note that there's wheezing, right? In all fields, there's the strider. There's the presence of the swollen airway, right? There's the red marks on the skin, the lack of any respiratory history. And the secondary EMT goes, all right, I'm good with all that. I, I'm okay with this. I think you're going in the right direction. So primary EMT looks at the female patient. Tells her, listen, we're going to administer this IM EpiPen. And um, due to the belief that, you know, she is having some sort of allergic reaction, they walk her through the process and they smash the EpiPen into the large muscle in her leg. At least they didn't do it in their thumb. Oh, 
That would be so bad. That would be something that would be on this show. <laughs> yep. Um, so at this point in time, the secondary EMT uh, moves outside of the apartment um, to bring in, like bring in the stretcher and begin that whole extrication process. About six or so minutes go by. The EMTs have now helped her onto the stretcher. They've grabbed the child's car seat because, again, remember, there's a child involved in this whole thing. And they're moving the uh, they're moving out of the apartment and towards the ambulance. Um, while walking through the hall, the primary EMT notices that her breathing is slightly improving. She's taking a little bit fuller breaths, less shallow, with audible wheezing, and the strider is minimal at this point, but still present. Um. Okay. They get her outside to the ambulance. Primary EMT goes ahead and gets another set of vital signs. If anyone's actually watching this stream and wondering why I'm getting shorter, it's because my goddamn chair is lowering on its own and it's driving me fucking crazy. Ugh. It's like I'm turning into an Oompa Loompa. (laughs) Throughout the show. Oh, my God. And it'll keep doing it. Like, I don't know how to make it stop. Um, You buy a new chair. This chair was fucking expensive. Like, I don't want to buy a new chair. It's so comfy. Um, so primary EMT, once they're inside the truck, gets another set of vitals. Manual blood pressure returns as 102 over 86. Heart rate stays in the 130s, surprisingly, with the epi. 130 strong and regular. Um, respiratory rate comes down 24 less shallow almost no use of intercostal muscles spo2 of 91 percent and holding still on the 15 liters non-rebreather uh lung sounds are retaken found to still have wheezes in the bases only bilaterally apices are clear at this point in time gcs is recalculated it's turned out to be a 15 she's alert She's able to speak. She's awake. We're all good there. So to me, it seems like the EpiPen has done something to improve the situation. So what do you guys, as this BLS crew is about ready to trans, like get this patient, you know, transported, what do you want to see? Cause they're going to the local hospital, right? It's literally only four minutes away. What do you want to see in that four minutes from these guys? And we're still you know, looking at doing, Gerard. Keep, you know, keep assessing your patient. You know, obviously listen to lung sound, right. oxygenate, if, if need be, ventilate. Um, at this point, you could you could try some albuterol. I mean, but I think it's a you know moot point at this at this juncture because the epi seems to be working. So, okay, M. No, I agree. I think you need to do constant reassessments. Constant vitals, you know, I think that the epi worked, but I don't, you know, she's not cured yet. So I think she could turn around pretty quickly if that was going to happen. So you need to do constant reassessments. Well, and that's, that's the one. Well, and that's it. You got four minutes, right? So like, it's not a lot of time, but it's enough time. that Something bad could still turn and happen. Like you could be doing just fine and then boom, they're dead. And you're like, whoa, what just happened, right? But like, 
my thought process is yes, assessments, lung sounds, stuff like that, but they don't have the ability to further stop the allergic reaction. Like they don't have Benadryl. They don't have Benadryl, steroids. steroids, right? They don't have that, but they do have the albuterol. Like I kind of want to see them go and just be that aggressive and fix the end of the wheezing. You know, like I want to see them do that um, because they don't have all the other stuff, you know? Isn't, isn't I mean, I'm not against it. Isn't the protocol they have to have a history of something, or is it just have wheezing? So for so for um, at least in New York, if you want to give albuterol as a BLS provider, you have to have a COPD or an asthma history, unless asthma history. there is unless there is wheezing present in anaphylaxis, and then you can okay. give albuterol. Right. So like if, oh. if you just want to give it like, oh hey, I have a patient who's difficulty breathing they have to have wheezing they have to have copd or asthma if it's anaphylaxis and there's wheezing present you can go ahead and give it after the epi if there's still wheezing present um i mean i feel like i would go for that because there's nothing else i can do right now like as a bls provider i can't do jack shit for this allergic reaction besides what i've done so i'm gonna give it regardless she's 32 she's got no cardiac history i'm not worried about it her heart rate's still 130, like we just gave Epi, and she just had an allergic reaction. I do not care about that. Right. And, oh, well, if she goes up to 150, okay. Ducks. Who cares? She's the one person that we take care of that can probably handle it. Right. 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 So the um, the ambulance begins the transport. Local hospital only literally, literally four minutes away. Primary EMT asks her again about any history or allergies she might now have that she can finally speak clearly. I think this is a really good thing to do. Like going back and asking those questions now that she can actually speak. Right. She tells them that she has a history of psoriasis, but nothing else. Um, She uses a steroid cream for the psoriasis, but denied any allergies that she knows of. Um, The EMT then asks what occurred prior to feeling short of breath. And, she she you know tells them while she was in the shower, um, or I'm sorry, uh, there. We'll again on that one. While she begins to answer, the uh, the EMT moves to switch her from the non rebreather to the uh, albuterol neb for that continued wheezing, um, and she goes on to say. Listen, there was nothing out of sorts through the morning. She woke up. She ate with her kid. She played with her kid. Then she went in to take her shower. About 15 or so minutes after the shower, she no longer could breathe. It was that sudden. Um, No rubble. I don't want to play with the tire right now. Oh, poor rubble. He's putting his tire right on my lap as I'm talking. Um, And... um, she felt as though she was like, she, she says to this EMT that she felt as though she's being suffocated and was covered in more red blotches than normal. So remember that's, those are those, that difference between those two red blotches we were talking about, right? There's psoriasis blotches. Aren't the big ones like chronic? The little ones are like the acute uticaria. So in, in terms of this patient, 
the larger rough pink blotches well that's yeah. are her psoriasis blotches yeah right those smaller smoother bumps is the are the are, hives the from the are the acute right. hives from the uh you know allergic reaction um so when she you know started feeling like she was suffocated and actually starts getting covered in more of these red blotches that's when she goes and calls 911 so the EMT doing their you know like thorough questioning asks all of the questions like hey did you use a different soap did you use this different you know did you wash your clothes in anything different all this stuff anything used different during or prior to the shower psoriasis cream nope that hasn't That's changed what it was. She's, oh. she's using the same yeah. psoriasis you know steroid cream so she reports that she used her normal soap but she used a brand new loofah she typically uses, oh, a, she used a natural loofah um, all the time. But in this case, she ran out of her last natural loofah, ordered more online, and is waiting on that shipment to get to her house. So she just went to the dollar store, bought a cheap one to hold her over, and used that during the shower. So that's the, that's, that's... that is the only culprit that these two can think of that might have caused all of this allergic reaction. So with the NEB going, they take another set of vital signs. This is the last one for the call. Manual blood pressure returns as uh, 110 over 90. Heart rate stays uh, 128, strong, regular. Respiratory rate drops to 22, again appearing regular. SpO2 of 96% on the uh, 6 liters albuterol NEB. GCS of 15. So ambulance arrives at the hospital. She's offloaded. Handover report back in service. Fairly they gave straight. They her Benadryl and Pepsid and steroids, and they watch her for eight hours. What? So hold on. They give her steroids. What was the second one? Pepsid? They give her Pepsid. They, you get Famotidine, Benadryl, and Solumetrol. Why would you get? Oh, fuck you, it's Phil. A, it's a histamine blocker. God damn freaking Phil Foundation. I God swear. God damn Phil. <sighs> now I'm going to have to fix this, Phil. You screwed everybody up but Emily. You want me to leave? Thanks, no. Phil. No, 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 no. Are you going to stay the whole time? You're you're back from work? I am. Okay, so be right back, everybody. Time. Let me go fix what Phil fucked up, and we'll be right back. Mr. Phil Foundation, now you're now you're in the stream. All right, cool. Thirty-two year old allergic reaction. BLS crew gave Epi and Albuterol. Okay. Yep. You're caught up. You you All are right, you are immediately caught That's up. It. Look at that. <laughs> Boom. Out fucking standing. Look at that. <laughs> Boom. 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 Um, it was it was a killer loofah. Seems to be. Yes, a it was a killer loofah. Yep, absolute killer loofah. Um, huh? what? Hmm? So the the girl had always used natural loofahs and she ran out. So she bought more natural loofahs on the internet and they didn't come in yet. So she went to the dollar store, bought like a regular loofah from like whatever loofah company, you know, is in the dollar store, scrubbed it all over herself, now has allergic reaction. What the fuck is a natural loofah? It's a sponge. 
It's a sponge. It's a sponge. I, it's, I know, but like Google what, makes, it. what makes it natural? That it grows out it's, in nature. It's, it's they literally sponge. take a sponge from the ocean. It's organic. And dry it out, and it becomes okay. All a right. loofah. All right. <laughs> you should know this, Phil. How the, how the fuck should I know that? Because you know everything. And now I'm going to pick on you even more because you interrupted the show and made me do work. You said when I got home, join the stream. No, I didn't. I said when you get home, text me and I'll let you join end of tour. He did text. That's, he did text. Oh, see, I have my phone on silent. So. Oh, I got it. It said I'm home. Yeah, it was right up on my thing. It said I'm home. It was right there. I saw yeah. it. Whoops. <laughs> We both got it. Yep. Whatever. It's all turns. Somebody doesn't want me to be part of the fucking podcast anymore. Oh, shut up. (laughs) So, anywho, um, Emily, you were talking about why they give Pepsid. It's a histamine blocker. Is it? So you give Pepsid to stop like indigestion and GERD because it's a histamine blocker. So you're giving the same time an allergic reaction because there's nothing in Pepsi that says, oh, I'm only going to block this in the GI tract. See, I never realized that that was a histamine blocker. That's really interesting. Yes. Intriguing. So, yeah. And then you sit there for eight hours and then you go home. Which maybe you get a second dose of Benadryl. Who knows? Which totally makes sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All I have is that they were given steroids and Benadryl along with one more breathing treatment and then released. I bet they were given Pepsid and the EMS crew was like, what the fuck? Right. And didn't put it in. Yeah, probably. Because again, I've, that's the first time I ever heard of that. So that's pretty cool. But so Phil being at the end of the call, you didn't miss the important things that we were going to talk about. Cause I, I told these guys, this was going to be one of like the most straightforward calls we've ever done on this show. Would you agree? It was fairly straightforward guys. Like it was, it was, this was like, if, if you didn't get it, whack. Um, Also Heather and I I from Facebook, were all over this. If I hadn't misheard you in the beginning, I would have, you know, if I was paying attention. (laughs) That's all right. Blame it on your chair. Um, You, not paying I'll attention. I'm on your chair. Really? You're the one going up and down. <laughs> I know. My chair, it's 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 being good right now. It's being a good chair. I, it hasn't lowered me to the floor again. So I, I, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk first about just the, um, you know, the, the actions of what happens during anaphylaxis, why Epi was the right choice in this. But then I also want to talk about the pharmacology behind why we give the Benadryl, the steroids, the epinephrine, and the albuterol all in conjunction for the allergic reaction. So, like, in in the alert, like, when somebody has an allergic reaction, right, you get leaking from everywhere. So think about, like, your body is trying to fight off an invading organism, this allergen, right? So your your immune system goes, hey, I need to get it. I need to kill it, right? So it goes and it says, hey, I need more help. So it go, you know, it 
says, I need mast cells. I need, you know, all these antibodies. I need all of these things to come in and fight off all this stuff. The problem with that is that also releases all of these different chemicals. Again, I made a beautiful YouTube video on this so that you can go and watch it. Um, where I literally draw out the entire thing. But these chemicals will literally make holes inside of the walls of your vessels so that all of the fluid goes from the inside of your vasculature to the interstitial spaces. This is how you get your swelling. This is how you get your hypotension, right? That fluid shift because those white blood cells need to get at the allergen inside the interstitial tissue to be able to kill it, right? So that's how all of this happens. And it happens not Taking just like, space. right, it, it doesn't just happen in your pinky, it happens systemically. That's why it's such a problem, right? So if we know that, right, and this histamine release is what causes this, right? This massive histamine release is what causes this. So... We want to first, if it's this bad, we want to give an epinephrine. We want to give a alpha, beta 1, beta 2 agonist to work on fixing this whole fluid shift problem. Because I know that Emily's itching to talk about epinephrine or any of these drugs, I'm going to let her. No. No, you are. I, I see it in your eyeballs. You're itching. You're leaning forward, itching to talk about it. So I'm going to let you talk about epinephrine and the alpha. I don't know. What am I going to talk about? You're going to talk about the alpha properties of epinephrine. That's what you're going to talk I about. I mean, when you think of epinephrine, you always think of it as another presser. So like you want it to compress those vessels to keep all that fluid in. It's also closing those holes by doing that. But what I was going to say is like, remember when you're thinking about anything pathophysiology, like structure equals function. So why are my blood vessels leaking fluids? Oh, because it needs to make space for all these other cells to go and fight this allergen. Well, that's great to fight the allergen, but that's not so great for my blood pressure, my heart rate and all these things. So like we need to fix that. And then we can give every other medication is going to fix this issue. Right. In its own way. Right. And that's, and that's, you know, again, there's a, there's a system that we should be following, right. right? The, the most detrimental effect is that fluid shift, that permeability, right? That hypotension that occurs. So we need to fix that. The only thing that BLS providers carry to fix that is ep as epinephrine. That's the only thing. So by giving that epi injection, you are clamping down on those on those vessels, right? That alpha one agonist is going to clamp down on the vasculature. It's going to close those holes. It's going to increase pressure, right? It also is going to help with that wheezing, right? Because it's also a beta two bronchodilator. So you're going to hit the lungs and open up all those lung passageways. So you're, you're, you're helping the lungs by an IM injection, right? Whereas if we wanted to give albuterol to do the same thing, that bronchodilation, it would just get stuck. It wouldn't get down into the bottom of the lungs because you have to inhale it, right? So I think that's what a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, 
Why am Let's I give albuterol and then get the epi? There right. is a reason why you give the epi first. Exactly right. It oh, yes. it will allow it to open those lungs so you can actually get the albuterol in second. You know, second, right? Where we are attacking the problem two different ways, right? One through the bloodstream, one through inhalation. So that's something to remember, right? Benadryl. Why do paramedics give Benadryl or why do you take Benadryl in allergic reaction? Right? It's a histamine blocker. Histamine blocker. Yep. Right? So it makes me feel better. It makes me feel sleepy and great and I love it. Um, but we give uh, that Benadryl solely. It's not the best histamine blocker, but it's histamine blocker. Hey, it, you know, for being it's an over, the one they give you. <laughs> for being an over the counter histamine blocker, I'll take it works pretty well right it works pretty darn well um but you 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 get a paramedic on scene if possible to give that benadryl because that benadryl is attacking the source of the whole problem the chain reaction it's like the first link of the chain reaction that's occurring bingo right the histamine causes everything right the histamine is what the mast cells actually release to call in all of the other things plus do that permeability, right? So it's going to stop that from happening, which means no permeability, no vasodilation, nothing like that. Boom. Now you're, now you're on the track of doing better, especially if you gave epi and albuterol, right? But it really, it really doesn't, make it better it makes it it stops it from getting worse yes because whatever's already occurring is still occurring you can't stop that with a histamine blocker it's just not gonna it's gonna stop the reaction where it's at right i i wholeheartedly think that's a way better way of saying it thank you emily you get a yeah you get a yeah for that um you know i love my pharmacology i know you do that's why i figured you just take over and shut me up eventually no i I can't start it. You know, you, I don't know what Yes, else. you can. It's fine. Nah, uh, no. You Do you want the steroid or do you want Butch take the steroid? Mm-hmm. How about Phil Foundation can take the steroid? Why oh, do you give boy. a steroid now in anaphylaxis? Kind of put me on the spot here. Yeah, well, you were late and you made me work, so fuck you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I need more. Oh, he's got both win. hands going now. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, oh, hey. Yeah. You never had a bread sandwich. <laughs> don't you dare talk about my mother like this. <laughs> You give the steroid helps open the <clears throat> open the lungs up. So after the epi, give the steroid. It prolongs that resp- not respiratory drive, but it helps for like seventy. Decrease hours. inflammation. Thank you. That was the word I'm looking for. It's been a long day. Okay. <laughs> I got it's, you. It's I been got you. A long. I'm day. here for moral support. <laughs> but it it decreases inflammation around in and around the alveoli for about 72 hours if it's decadron i think it's like what is it 48 to 60 for solumedrol i honestly don't remember and it, the decadron actually acts a little quicker than the solumedrol yeah i was gonna yeah, say I reverse that because decadron is he's saying quicker. how long it works not like, how quickly that, it works yeah but solumedrol stays in your body longer i'm pretty sure i don't honestly remember we stopped using it 10 years ago Friggin' yeah, 
It took it, it took too long because like the the onset of Salumedrol was like thirty five or forty five minutes. Forty five yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's why like, I think Salumedrol like is in your longer. Yeah, you didn't you didn't even see the effects. You dropped the patient off at the hospital. You're back right your chart before they started feeling the effects. Exactly. Um, so yeah, to to build on that, right? You give the steroid right to help break that inflammation. So even if there's inflammation you know, and swelling in the airway, right? That's going to help decrease that a little bit. That epinephrine is going to help decrease that swelling because it's going to push that fluid back into the vasculature where it belongs and not into the interstitial spaces, right? So again, it halts the worsening. There's still going to be some swelling, but it will halt the, you know, inevitable flow of all the rest of it. So um, yeah, I think, you know, I always say that EMTs are given enough drugs to actually save lives. Like epinephrine will save lives in anaphylaxis. But it did for her. Because if they had not given epi, she would have coded by the time they got to the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Respiratory failure, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and in this case, being that aggressive, they didn't need to do CPAP. They didn't need to BVM her. They didn't need to do anything like that. They recognized, Hey, I need to do this and, and went with it. I, I loved what they did. Like I said, yeah, a fairly straightforward did. call and they didn't really fuck it up. Like for, you know, we don't do a lot of calls where there's not a lot of foul ups and like, well, and how many allergic reactions have you done in the last year that required epi? Honestly, none. So it's really not a high volume call that you're doing and you still didn't fuck it up. Right. And there's, and they're a straight BLS crew, right? There's two EMTs who normally work with a paramedic. So normally they're not even thinking like this. Exactly. So kudos to them. Yeah. I think these guys did a phenomenal job, right? An absolutely phenomenal job. Do you guys have anything to add to this discussion? Before we wrap it up here for the for at least this portion of the evening, I think they did great. Phil, did what a, do you have to add? They did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they really, they really did EMT things. Hail to the champion, baby! Butch, what do you say? Yeah, they did a good job. It's, I mean, to be in that position, and you know have somebody like that, you know, they could be panicky and that patient, you know, could have died and it's a bad day, but they did what they had to do and got the patient alive to the hospital and hopefully the patient had a good outcome afterwards. Right. You know, walked out. And threw away the loofah. And threw away the damn loofah, right? With gloves on, like, ew. Um, And then, you know, like, I come back to what we talked about in the beginning. I think the other really thing that shined with these guys is they knew the pharmacology behind stuff, right? They, they saw, Hey, all of the signs are pointing to this, even though there's no history of anything, right? Again, if it looks like a zebra, it probably is right in this situation. And they didn't wait on scene. They didn't call for a paramedic. They acted on what they saw and just did it. And I like, we don't, we don't see that as BLS providers all that often anymore. Like BLS providers still have to be confident in what they know. 
and they they but have I also the ability love, to act. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go. I I loved that the second EMT didn't wasn't quite on the same page and said something, and there was a conversation, so they're both on the same page moving forward. Right. I don't think that happens nearly enough. I know, especially like, especially in the you know paramedic EMT realm, like paramedics right. just do right. shit, and the EMTs like, oh, well, they're a paramedic, I'm just gonna let them, and it's like, well, should you let them though? But, and that's my thing to EMTs when I'm training is like, you don't have to know fully what they're doing, but like question them, make them think twice about it. Cause you guys have the education behind it. So like, Hey, are you sure you want to use that med? And that'll make you pause for a second. And be like, Oh, do I? Right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Let's go. And that's fine. That's all you need is that two second pause to be like, Oh, do I really want this? Right. Right. And that, and I think that conversation kind of is like part of your like, especially like in this situation where the two EMTs had that conversation, you say one wasn't really sure one was like all ready to do it. That's kind of like your med check, right? That's kind of like doing your five rights of med right then and there in like, okay, well, is this the right situation and the right patient to be utilizing this? Like, right. I kind of see where you're going, but really make me understand. Right. So we're both on the same page and going forward. Right. I think that's phenomenal, you know, as as we all should be doing, you know. And Um, he took the time to explain it, even though he has a critical patient, be like, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I want to do. Cool. Let's go. It takes five seconds. Right. Right. Five seconds. Instead of just being like, nope, I'm in charge. This is what I'm doing. Sit back. Right. Deal with it. Go get me the stretcher. Right. Right. Just so you could get out of here so I can do this without you watching. (laughs) Yeah. It's. But Buckle you know, up, we're going on a ride. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, thank you guys again for, for joining us here on the, uh, the podcast. We do have end of tour coming up, uh, here in a second. I have a very interesting trivia game tonight, um, for oh, you guys. God. Uh, maybe M you will do better in this than the rest of it. I doubt it. I, I don't know. I, I would do awful in this, but it, it, I think it'll be I fun. Like I will too. Um, yeah, I who knows. But uh till next thing guys, thank you again for uh for joining us here on the podcast. Again, if you want CME credit, go to medicmaterialscmeacademy.thinkific.com. The link is in the description of this show. Um and uh if you're a BLS or a CFR provider here in New York State, even as a paramedic or an AEMT, you can get the CME credit for it. You just got to use it as additional credit. Um but, uh, yeah, this will be a core pharmacology lecture. So, yeah, there you go. One hour of pharmacology. You could have just earned it. But, uh, yeah, till next thing, guys, stay safe. And uh, you know what, Emily? I'm going to give it to you tonight to do the honors. Donuts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want more information on the podcast or to send us a call review, please visit medicmaterials.com slash podcast. To learn more about earning continuing education credit from listening to this episode or others, check out medicmaterialscmeacademy.thinkific.com. We appreciate your continued dedication towards EMS education and helping us advance the field. See you next time.